0: One of the things I appreciate about what Coach Goff does at East is special players, he lets them be special, right? He lets them find a way, you know, pl- play within the system, but, but finds a way to really feature them. And it happened with Tevis Bartlett, and it's happened uh, with other players, but but Beal is right there.
1: To the YO Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Alongside me, as always, is my co host, Robert Munoz. It's a fantastic day and a fantastic episode. The Colorado State Rams will host the Wyoming Cowboys tomorrow night in a border war. It's the second game of the season for the Rams. Wyoming is coming off a huge home victory. Huge home victory over Hawaii. Hawaii had been actually favored heading into the game, but Wyoming was able to take a 10-7 halftime lead and add on to that. They ended up winning 31-7. It was an impressive performance. It was the kind of performance that we're used to from Xavier Valadie. So Robert and I will talk a little bit about that game as well as tomorrow's game. And then we're going to be joined by wyoming-football.com's Patrick Schmidt. He came and joined the podcast earlier this season to kind of preview the high school football season at all levels. So we're going to have him back. It's the semifinals of the playoffs. It's An awesome time for high school football around the state. A couple of surprise matchups in the semifinals at different levels, especially at 4A. Kelly Walsh pulling off the upset. There will be no Capital City showdown. I know Robert's heartbroken. So with that, got to ask. Robert, how's it going today?
2: Yeah, a little a little torn up about that, but it's going well, David, as always. Good day every day. Um, Glad to see you're making a new home up there in Casper. I know you celebrated your birthday last week. How was that? How was your birthday? Big 2-4, right? 2-5. Turned 25.
1: On okay, high- my bad. My bad. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It's uh, it was a good time, man. Just kind of hung out, did some eating, a lot of eating, a lot of eating of candy. So you know, not like I needed it, but it was a good time. Very relaxing. What'd you do this Halloween?
2: Worked, baby. Grind time.
1: Always grinding. The grind never stops for Robert. Speaking of work, what what have you been working on? What pieces have you been writing over at YO Sports?
2: Not a whole lot, man. Just doing a little bit of game game coverage. Gonna do a state volleyball preview here. Cheyenne East volleyball team is the only Cheyenne team going to the state tournament, which is on Saturday in Casper. Maybe we can meet up or something. But yeah. It's only Cheyenne team going, so hopefully they can go out there and compete.
1: Yeah, definitely trying to meet up if there's an opportunity as well. Shout-out to Kelly Walsh. If uh, They deserve some props, man. They knock off Cheyenne Central. Shout-out to Coach McKelkey over there and Trenton Walker. Th- those guys – They got the job done. They did what they needed to do to pull off a huge upset in the state playoffs, which is no easy task, so good for them. I'm certainly rooting for them as a now Casper resident, so you gotta got to hope that they pull off probably a stunner and beat Thunder Basin in the semifinals. We'll see. Cheyenne East takes on Sheridan in the other semifinal at the 4A level. We'll talk way more high school football when Patrick Schmidt gets here, so I'll save that for later. But right now, I'm oozing poke pride, baby. Just oozing poke pride. You could cut me open. One arm's going to be brown. One arm's going to be gold. It's, It's a great week to be a Wyoming Cowboy, as is every week but especially this week coming into the border war off of victory, a home victory, no less, against what appears to be a solid Hawaii team. They didn't show out like they did against Fresno State uh, in the Wyoming game, but they held them in the first half. It was a close game. What were your thoughts coming out of the – the Hawaii game last Friday. I know you watched a little bit of it. The final score was 31-7. to 7.
2: Yeah, I caught the fourth quarter there after covering the upset that was Kelly Walsh over Central. So I didn't get to watch too much of it. Maybe I should have caught a replay or something. I don't know, but it looked like UW was back to their old ways, pushing dudes around on the offensive line running the ball off the gut. Obviously, Valaday and Smith both had great games, two touchdowns apiece, and they just want to win. They don't care about compete, competing for carries. So, you know, that's probably uh might just be the main takeaway from that game.
1: I mean, 52 carries, 52 carries between sp- Trey Smith and Xavier Valade. that's about what I expected. I mean, I don't see any game unless it's not going in Wyoming's favor where Xavier Valade doesn't get 30 carries. Trey Smith toting the rock 20 times, though. So he looked good. He looked really, really good. He was gashing him up. He, he looked a little bit more of the powerful back of the two guys out there last Friday. Obviously, Smith. Some of Smith's carries were kind of after validated. You know, he he'd thrown the body blows and Trey Smith's out there to to toss in a in a haymaker or two. So, you know, I I don't see Wyoming throwing the ball that much. Levi Williams went nine of eighteen, but. That, that was the kind of performance that I expected out of Wyoming when they went to take on Nevada. They couldn't op- open up any holes. That's obviously – it's a function of Nevada playing great defense, but also just some offensive line play oftentimes can be boiled down to effort. And Wyoming didn't have much effort after Sean Chambers' injury in the Nevada game. So it was good to see them rebound honestly, is my biggest takeaway from the game is that they still care just because it's a weird season. Doesn't mean that they're going to take anything off. Obviously, you can talk about how you're going to go out there and give it your all. But until you actually show it and do it and do it over four quarters, that's when it actually means something, you know.
2: Yeah, maybe that game against Nevada could have looked a lot differently. Would have looked a lot different. Uh, of course, the late rally, the Pokes come back. They were, sh- they were shocked. The effort was there toward the end of the game, though. No doubt about that. Um, I don't know. Teams, I don't know if teams are going to be able to stop this running game. And they're going to try and force Levi to pass the ball, which he really hasn't been tested at that. I mean, maybe against Nevada, he did have to, you know, sling the rock around a little bit. But teams are definitely going to be trying to test him more. And you think this rushing attack can hold up?
1: I don't see why it can't hold up. Xavier and they're going to run him into the ground like the Titans do with Derrick Henry. There's no reason not to for Coach Bowl. He's their best option, both receiving and rushing the ball. It's, it's flat out the truth. It's unfortunate for Levi Williams, given that he potentially could be a really good quarterback. But just like Josh Allen had to deal with when he was at Wyoming, again, not comparing Levi Williams to Josh Allen. But there's not a whole lot of talent on the outside in terms of pass catchers. So sometimes you got to make plays for yourself. Sometimes you got to break out your do-it-yourself kit, if you would. And that's what Levi did in that second half against Nevada. This time they had the game plan ready and raring to go, which is classic Wyoming. Just run the ball 50-plus times and tell the opposition, hey – if you can stop us, we're going to keep running the ball until you stop us and we're behind. <clears throat> and we're behind. I mean, Wyoming will continue to run the ball even if they're not gaining that many yards and the score is close. It, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to set the tone. They're going to be physical that way. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night, Thursday, Thursday border war Colorado State's coming off a loss to Fresno State unlike Hawaii who was coming off a win over Fresno State before before I move on too quickly I just want to shout out Davis Potter the final score 31-7 in the Hawaii game and Casper Star Tribune writer Davis Potter said he wasn't a betting man, but if he was, he would have taken the over. And I hope for his sake that he wasn't just trying to be facetious and fooling himself, and he did not, in fact, take the over last week because otherwise that would have been painful for him. 10-7 at half, only 21 points in the second half, all by Wyoming, just bleeding the clock. I just felt for him. I remember as I was watching that, I, I look as I was watching the game, I kept thinking about Davis and his old prediction. So, just I just wanted to take a moment to chuckle at that. This week, Colorado State and Wyoming, Fort Collins, and Cheyenne, their bears have an interesting bet of their own that involves the loser city having to fly the flag of the opposing school. So, Wyoming... Over Town Hall. Over Town Hall. Over Town Hall. So, like, Wyoming has a lot to lose here. You know,
2: folks yep. could
1: own Fort Collins for a day.
2: It's, they're going to. CSU. So going to get bullied off the field. Just bullied. They're just going to... I mean, it's like herding sheep, I guess. I don't know. Cowboys herding sheep. But um I'm thinking uh gonna see how well a linebackers' safeties and that coverage is gonna be on Trey McBride. I know he's probably the best weapon for the Rams' offense. And there was talk you know, obviously there's talk linebackers defensive backs uh, coming into the season and how well they would perform and so I'm really anxious to see because after that Nevada game you know the secondary didn't definitely didn't play up to standard so and they bounced back last game let's see if they can hold this great tight end to uh, potentially a below average performance.
1: Yeah we'll see my guess is that uh, CSU is kind of a dumpster fire. I mean, Hawaii beat the pants off Fresno State. Fresno State beat the pants off of Colorado State last week, 38-17.
2: It's a rivalry it, game, though. It rival- mm-hmm.
1: is it, it's a rivalry yeah. game, but like it's Steve That's- Adazio's first introduction to the rivalry. It's not like he... Has like a long standing beef with Craig Bowl. Now he might after this game because I, ha- I just have a gut feeling that Wyoming is they're, they're going to take him out to the woodshed.
2: He doesn't know what he's getting into.
1: He has no idea what you're what he's saying. Getting into. No idea. He has no idea. Craig Bowl, these teams kick field goals well and they play with a level of physicality. That it's, just, it's hard to compete with, especially at this level where you're not getting ACC-level players. I, I, it's going to be embarrassing, I think. Now, it may not show up on the score, but if you're watching the game, you're watching the trenches, I think you're going you're gonna to realize who the tougher and the better team is pretty early on.
2: Absolutely, and that's kind of just emphasizing
1: like what I be- think
2: they're Wyoming's gonna bully him off the field. CSU's not ready.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no real I'm, obviously like you said, a rivalry game, but I just I think that Steve Adazio is gonna get blitzed. He's gonna be like Steve Fairchild walking into the stadium the first time that these two teams played. Or the first time that he played against Wyoming and was just like, wait, they have fistfights before every time we play Wyoming? Like, that happens every time? That's what it's going to feel like to Steve Adazio. It's going to be like, crap. They just, like, run a ram over you every time you play them? Like, this is a game that obviously means a lot to Craig Bowe as well. So, we'll see. We'll see. Right now, we're going to Patrick Schmidt from wyoming-football.com. He's, as I'd like to say, the godfather of Wyoming football at the high school level. I I imagine him filling in his results, you know, petting a cat or giving a dog some treats. I I don't really know, but he's a good guy, and he's going to come on and talk to us about the high school state playoffs around the state. We're going to focus on 4A, but might get into some of those lower levels as well. So enjoy that interview coming up right now. All right, we are thrilled to be joined once again, recurring guest Patrick Schmidt from wyoming-football.com. He is going to talk to us here about mostly 4A, want to really hammer down this Kelly Walsh. You, as listeners know, Coach McKelkey, Trent Walker, those are, those are our guys. So got to talk about them. As, and we're going to get into some of the lower levels. But first, Patrick, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Well, we're really happy that we could all get together and talk some high school football, especially ahead of the semifinals. Let's just start. It's, it's very surprising very surprising in the foray that Kelly Walsh is in one of the semifinals. I mean, is that something that you would have anticipated when we talked all the way back in early September?
0: I mean, short answer, no, I did not anticipate that, that Kelly Walsh would be one of the final four. I have have been keeping an eye on them. I, I mean, I really love what Aaron McKelkey's, done i have i watched him build the program at big piney that was in trouble and he he kind of brought it back and and did some really good things with it and so i saw him doing the same kinds of things at, at kelly walsh in the first couple of years there and it, it felt like it was a prog progress that was pro- you know probably three years maybe four years before you'd see something like this and The fact that he's been able to do this and build this so quickly is, is, I mean, it's got to be encouraging to to everyone around that program. And um, I think it's, it's been really, really surprising how quickly they've become, um, I guess the the proper word is annoying. Right. (laughs) Uh, and and we saw that i mean we saw that the last couple years that's what rock springs had become right rock springs had become annoying it's like one of those teams that like you can't overlook and now kelly walsh has become one too and man that's what 4a needed 4a needed to break up the the quagmire at the top and get some annoying teams and it's it's good to have kelly walsh do that and and keep things fresh
2: yeah because it had been the big four there for how many years i mean East Campbell County, as it was, uh, Sheridan and Trona, there was those four every year in the semifinals, and it was, yeah, it's when was the team going to come in and do that?
0: Yeah, and and this year, I mean, we we saw it with Shine Central a couple of years ago last year, they really broke through, and then um, we really thought it'd be Central this year. I was almost kind of sad that Central and Kelly Walsh had to play each other. I'm almost kind of sad that Kelly Walsh had upset Central. I really wish they could upset one of those big four just to make it a little bit more interesting. But the fact that they were they were able to do that was I mean, I came away from seeing that just not just that it was an upset, but that it was it was domination. They Kelly Walsh really controlled that game pretty much from start to finish. Got a little bit away from him at the end, but still I mean, how can you not be impressed with not only shutting down any team in the playoffs like that, but shutting down a team like Cheyenne Central that had as many offensive weapons as they brought to the table.
2: Yeah. That upset. I mean, where does that kind of, cause you know, your Wyoming football history, obviously, where does that upset kind of rank among upsets in the playoffs in recent memory?
0: I mean, I was just trying to think about that the other day. I was trying to put together in my mind a blog post that I never wrote was biggest upsets that we've ever seen in the playoffs and I can't think of a bigger upset in the playoffs since they switched to the round-robin schedule in 2009. So since 2009, I, I can't think of a bigger one. I mean, this is, this is huge. And it's, it's certainly rare for a road team to win in the playoffs in 4A. And to have, like, the number seven seed win, I, I can't think of a, a bigger one in recent memory in 4A. The only thing I can compare it to were, I, there were a couple really big ups, they weren't 4A upsets, and it's, um, in the late 90s, um, there was a one-win Newcastle team that beat on one loss Kimmer team in 2A, and then, and that was like in 94, and there was a Another one in 3A when Wheatland went to Star Valley and upset Star Valley in like 03 or 04, something like that. And those are the biggest playoff offsets I can ever think of. And this one, it's not qu- – Kelly Walsh is not quite to that level, but it's right in that second tier of I don't think anyone saw this coming outside of the east side of Casper.
1: What can Central fans take away from their season? Obviously, it ended prematurely, but – Still a strong year for Cheyenne Central.
0: I think Cheyenne Central should really feel, I mean, despite this, they should feel really, really good about the direction that they're going because when when Coach Apodaca took over three years ago uh, and, and that first year, it was it was definitely a struggle. And then the last two years, they've won seven games, last year seven games this year they're a contender now. And I know they have a huge senior class, but one of the things that's going to really come to the fore next year is, is central did central just ride a good class or are they a a consistent threat? And we're going to find that out next year. This, I know they had a great senior class. So I, I, I feel bad for them that, that it ended when and where it did but for those juniors, sophomores and freshmen they've seen success now they know how it's done and i'm really really encouraged by what they've been able to do even though they they ended up not making it further in the playoffs not making it past the first round man they got to feel good they really do they really got to feel good about you know back-to-back seven victory seasons which hasn't happened at central in a long time
2: yeah, I was talking to a couple of their players post-game and they just said, yeah, we uh, we came to Central with Coach Abedaka, Coach Mike Abedaka, and we built something that hasn't been here in a long time. And we're glad that we did that. And kind of – I want to know uh, what what was your biggest surprise in 4A throughout the season, just throughout the whole season, not just – obviously the upset last week, but what was kind of your biggest surprise? What stood out to you the most?
0: You know, I think when I, when I look back at what has happened in 4A so far this year, I think one of the bigger surprises is that there's been parity at the top. You know, I, I really thought we might see a little bit more of maybe one team or two teams really taking control. But the fact that, that East kind of won the regular season by going eight and one that they one that they didn't go undefeated, but two that there weren't any other one loss teams, and then there were a couple, two or three loss teams that that parity at the top hasn't been there in a while, you know? And when you look at this weekend and specifically with Sheridan East, normally that one four matchup you can kind of say, well, you know, the one seed probably got the advantage. I don't think that's the case this weekend. I think there were really four or five teams that could beat any other on any given weekend. And then, and then rock Springs and Kelly Walsh and and others were kind of hanging around, but that, that parody at the top, even, even when we had the big four, there was still always a little bit of delineation between the best teams and the, the contenders and then the, the, the teams that weren't in the mix we don't have that delineation this year. And that's really surprising just for 4A in general. There's always kind of been a little bit of a hierarchy. It hasn't been there this year. Uh, the closest thing we have to that is East. And, and even East has had some major fights on their hands this season. And, and, and of course, took a, took a loss to start the season, which probably in the long run served them good to, to get that loss and, and learn uh, and get fired up again.
1: Sheridan's a good team. What do they have to do to beat East, or what does East have to do to lose, basically?
0: Right. So when you look at a game like this, it's really easy for us media types to look at the numbers and say, oh, look, East number one offense, Sheridan number one defense, right? And that's kind of – how we look at these kinds of games. And whenever that happens, I always try to do the opposite, right? Which is look at Sheridan's offense versus East's defense. Cause that's where the game's going to be won or lost. You know, East is going to get their points. Sheridan's going to get their stops. So it's the other side of the ball where things are really going to either take off or, or not. And uh, that's where that's where East has the a little bit of an advantage. I say little bit, very tiny bit, because Sheridan has just taken off from from strength the last couple of weeks. But East has been more consistent and and their their defense has been more consistent than Sheridan's offense has been. And and so when I look at that game, that's the way I see it going. But I also see, man, Sheridan has playing like their hair's been on fire the last couple of weeks and playing with purpose and, and playing with passion that, that it's really tough to match that energy level consistently for four quarters. And they're, they're just. It.
2: They're definitely peaking at the right time. And that's, I mean, you know, high school sports, any sport, usually, you know, you peak at the right time. East yeah, you, though, East, I mean, they, they, they have a ton of momentum, momentum going into this game as well. And, I don't know, I think uh maybe high school quarter in high school football and on all levels, but especially high school, I think maybe quarterback means just a little bit more and I think Graydon Buell, he is the best quarterback in in the state. So I mean, I think if East wins then that is why. Just because that quarterback plays I mean, it's elite for high school. It it really is.
0: Yeah, he's he's something special and has been for a long time. I mean, there's not a lot of kids who come in as freshmen and you just know that they're gonna be something that you gotta keep your eye on. And and he was as a freshman. I mean he was he was a starting quarterback at Rock Springs as a freshman and then transferred to East and has just been gangbusters ever since and and I think that it's uh it says a lot about um him that he's been able to, to not only have success, but to repeat the success. That's the thing is like when a lot of juniors who come in and crush it as juniors uh, have trouble following up on that success to the seniors, they get that slump. He hasn't, he hasn't slumped at all. And, and it's a credit to him, it's a credit to coaches as credit to the system that they run at East where they can, can, can really crank out that consistency um, year in and year out and, and find a way to make one of the things I appreciate about what Coach Goff does at East is special players. He lets them be special, right? He lets them find a way, you know, pl- play within the system, but but finds a way to really feature them. And it happened with Tevis Bartlett, and it's happened uh, with other players. But but Beal is right there in that in that short list as well, and that's you know. Um, Something something that we aren't probably going to see in Wyoming um, for for a while. Uh, that that sort of diversity running passing. It might be a while before we see someone like him again.
1: So, what are your predictions for Friday's games at the
0: four A level? So, I'm I'm actually probably going to be a little bit boring in that I think I'm going to go with the home teams. Okay. So looking at, at East probably getting the victory. Man, it's hard to pick against Sheridan, but East probably getting that victory. And then Thunderbase and Kelly Walsh. I don't know. This is always the hard part with, with upsets is you get such an emotional high from that. It's how do you reach that same level? How do you reach that same emotion? And it's so tough to do it once and now you're asking him team to do it twice, which is why I think Thunder Basin has got the edge in that one. And then East Sheridan, I mean, I think it comes down to something like Graydon Buell, right? It comes down to who's going to make the play. And, and I, th- I think East, not that Sher- Sheridan doesn't have the playmakers, but East has proven all year long. And, and in multiple different scenarios that they have the guys who can make those kinds of plays. So uh, I, like, I like East and I like Thunder Basin and I love the idea of those two teams matching up in a championship game. You know, if they started the season, they're going to end the season. I love that, that finality.
2: And the first game, that first game of the week was, I mean, such a good game. It ended, in the last, I think, uh, in the last drive of the game, East could have won potentially or tied or potentially won the game, if I remember right, so long ago. But uh, we've been doing a lot of talk about the 4A. I asked you what your biggest surprise was in 4A. But through all levels, I, I want to know what, your biggest, what the biggest surprise was to you just through all levels of high school football this season.
0: Uh, I think my biggest surprise was that it happened as smoothly as it did. Uh, with COVID nineteen, I expected a lot more cancellations. I expected a lot more disruption. I expected the season to not finish or a team to not be able to finish the playoffs. Fingers crossed—that's happened—and I expected a lot more disruption than actually happened. And I guess that's just me being a pessimist, or uh, or something like that. But I'm—I've been really, really impressed with how smooth the season has gone, how smoothly everything has gone, how uh, schools and teams have been able to avoid all of this global pandemic stuff and actually play the game. And that's been, that's been really encouraging. I like that. Like gives me hope that things are going to be okay. If we can have high school football, things are going to be okay.
1: All right. We'll end it on this question across all levels. Now, it may be Graydon Buell, but what is one guy that as the season's wrapping up, if you haven't seen him yet, you should?
0: Hmm. Okay, I have to muse on this for a second. I think there's, there's a bunch of different bright answers here, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really think there's a couple different guys. I'll tell you what, look, I'm, I'm going to go – yeah, this is an interesting year. I'm going to go um, kind of off script maybe a little bit. And and I I think one of the most interesting people in the entire state this year, and I think I might have mentioned him at the beginning of the year when we talked, uh, is, is Dalton Peterson from Encampment. Uh, you know, just a guy who uh, – he fills up a stat sheet and he's been really interesting. And I I loved watching him play basketball when I got the chance to watch him play a little bit, just streaming, you know, being able to watch games um, that way. And I think the fact that encampment has a team at all is just so awesome. The fact that they're in the semifinals is, is amazing in their first like fully fledged varsity year. And he's a senior. He's one of the guys who helped organize all this. He's one of the guys who helped, put encampment football back on the map after 30 years. And that senior class and, and Dalton Peterson in, in particular, I mean, they deserve a lot of, of credit for making it happen, especially in a situation that wasn't so great. I mean, they, the funding in that school district was, the school board basically said, if you want football, you have to find a way to pay for it on your own. And they did. and. They were a big part of that, and it's, it's so cool to see it all come together for them. And, and if I could be at one game this weekend, I, I mean, with all of the amazing games that are happening, I'd still rather, much rather be in Farson, watching Farson and Camden. That That's the game I would choose to watch.
1: Well, that was certainly an unexpected answer, and a good one, and a good one. Patrick Schmidt from wyoming-football.com, thank you for your time, and thank you for sharing the insights with us
2: check out his new book when is your uh the what would i what would i say Not it's not a remake it's an updated version of your book
0: second edition of my book uh, it's called the century of fridays the first edition came out almost 10 years ago now and i'm just updating it with all the last 10 years of of high school football and it hopefully is out before christmas so
1: it's awesome thanks patrick
0: Really appreciate cool. it. Hey, thanks again for having me. If, if there's anything else you need, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, take it
1: easy. Be safe. Got are at that. the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and hopefully hey, my, my internet wasn't too weird. I, my wife's on a competing Zoom call right now, so hopefully <laughs> it didn't give you too much trouble. It's all good, man. It's all good. We'll figure it out if if, if it did. But yeah, uh, thank,
2: thank you very much again, man. We appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, anytime. And, and thanks again for squeezing me in. I appreciate it.
1: Our thanks to Patrick Schmidt. That was uh, an awesome interview. Always provides way more insight than we could on high school football around the state. So we really appreciate him for his time and for, you know, just teaching us. He teaches during the day and then he's teaching us about high school football at nighttime. So really appreciate him. We're going to wrap up this podcast here with some predictions now. I'm not going to make anybody make any predictions about the high school ranks. We obviously know that we are rooting here for Cheyenne East and Kelly Walsh on this podcast. Those are officially our teams in the semifinals of the high school football playoffs. Or we're just rooting for good games, nobody to get hurt, nothing bad to happen. We just want to see some awesome Friday night lights. But... It bears mentioning that when we set out over the summer to shine a spotlight on kids at the high school level, Coach Chad Goff at Cheyenne East and Coach Aaron McKelkey from Kelly Walsh were two of the early respondents from our poll across the state at all levels. Those two guys were stoked quick to answer, and very excited to shine a spotlight on their kids. So I don't want to say that they've got some good juju going, but they've got some good juju going from, from allowing us to get some information out to the listeners on the podcast. So just keep that in mind on Friday, regardless of what happens We are going to give a prediction on the Wyoming Cowboys football game, though. Tomorrow night, Thursday, it's on CBS Sports Network. They take on the CSU Rams. They're a minus three and a half favorite. The total is currently 52 and a half. Robert, give me a score prediction. I'll give my score prediction. And then we can all go eat dinner here. And if you're driving, you can finish the rest of your drive safely. Or if you're listening at home, get another Miller Lite out of the fridge. I I don't know what you're doing.
2: Miller Lite, Corey's Lite, whatever you drink, dude up. But, David, my prediction for the UW game, Cowboys 34, Colorado State 14. I think that's what I'm rolling with there. So the over barely goes under, or the over doesn't quite hit. The total barely goes under, but the pokes cover the spread by a wide margin.
1: I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at a lot. I'm going to go 27-13 Wyoming. Like I said, they're going to dominate this game physically. They're going to kick a few field goals. Colorado State's not gonna know what t- know what hit him. Well, with that, that is the YO Sports Podcast for this week. Really, really happy with all the listeners who keep coming back every week. Really appreciate you and new listeners. Welcome. Welcome to the party that is the YO Sports Podcast. We are excited to have you. We cherish every single one of you listeners and We especially cherish the people who hit the link in the description of the pod and throw a few shekels our way. It's always welcomed, always appreciated, and not necessarily necessary, but certainly arms wide open to those people. So looking forward to hopefully meeting up with Robert this weekend for a little Casper volleyball tournament. Maybe if uh, he's not too busy working, I'll get to see him. Or I can just wave to him from outside the gym. I'm not sure what, what's going to happen yet. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow on Thursday. It's a Thursday night game. So you'll have plenty of time to watch, listen, enjoy whatever you do for the high school games on Friday. So we'll be back next week, as always, with another great episode recapping all. Of the dangerous football action and maybe a little volleyball. Maybe get some of Robert's notes from this weekend up here in Casper. So looking forward to that. As well as follow us on Twitter at Mr. David Graff for myself. At Armunio's three oh seven for Robert.
2: And Go Pokes, David.
1: And of course go pokes. I would never leave out Go Pokes. I thought Robert had something to say there. Go Pokes and shout out to Shakewell for the music.
3: What you do or not, how would it takes you back to this day? So you better forget.